So I want to carry on on the theme of purpose. Purpose. You are designed with a purpose. I had a sense this morning too, there's somebody here this morning, I don't know, you need something, you need to hear something. I don't know whatever's going on in your world and I think this morning God is going to tell you some things or God's going to speak to you. Um, Purpose. Glasses. Can you grab them over there? Someone, I silly me, forgot them. See, I need God. I need Andrew too. Thanks, mate. All right, so Proverbs 16 verse 4 says, The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Note the word purpose and plan. You are not some kind of random thing that has just you know, been born, but no, rather you are a person who has been made with a design from the most intelligent mind in the universe. He made you, you are unique. He made you specifically with a plan or a purpose in mind. Sadly, too many people don't live out their true purpose. Too many people miss the mark of the wonder of living a life from the design that you were made. Imagine a Ferrari made, you know, to travel at high speed, to be a high-performance car, but either stays in the garage or is only ever used to go up and get the milk. I mean, you know, give me a Ferrari, I'll give that baby some whatever, you know. we're, we're, We're highly designed individuals. The world lies to you and it tells you you don't matter. You do matter. You matter because God made you. You matter because God has designed purpose for your life. Hallelujah. That's what becoming a Christian is about. Christianity is is a a community of people or, or someone who realizes God made me. God made me with a purpose and I give my life to that purpose. Hallelujah. Two aspects of the purpose that it's kind of the core value is uh, we are to love God and we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we have a purpose to love God. You're made to love God and you've been made to love your fellow man. You're not here for yourself. The world is in a terrible state because it is here for itself. But God has made us to love him, to love others. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at um, Psalm 119, verse 105. That God, because he made you with a purpose, so it's kind of like, you know, how do I know what my purpose is? Well, God has given us his word. Psalm 119 says, 105 says, uh, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So that's basically kind of saying like, you know, how you move forward in life, how you live out the purpose, how you learn to love God, how you learn to serve the world around you, how you learn to live that purpose is by God's word that he has given us his word that helps us make a step and also guides us on a path of life. And that path of life is a life of abundant abundance, of abundant blessing of God's design. He never made you 
to live under or to be trapped by life. He made you to live a life where, man, life is amazing. It's not that you won't have hard times. It's not that you won't get into struggles or difficulties, but God made you and has given you his word to give you the steps from difficulty into freedom and from, um, you know, problems into overcoming those problems. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This morning I want to talk to you about understanding how to hear the voice of God. Because his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You're not meant to be walking around confused. Not, you're not meant to be walking around life purposeless or feeling bored or feeling whatever. You know, or insignificant. Because you're not insignificant. You're only insignificant if you listen to the lies of the enemy. You're only insignificant if you let your life fall under the trap of believing the rubbish that others try and put on you. That's not God. God believes in you. God has an amazing plan for you. See, that's the best path, Christianity, friends. Rightio. So I want to talk to you this morning about the inner voice of God. It says this in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 uh, through to 20. Or do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Real interesting. Whom you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought with a pri- at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God. So note this thing. When you meet God, when you lay your life down and you, you say, God, I'm sorry for all the mistakes that I've made, and God, I want you to be the director of my life. God, I want to live out the purpose. The scripture tells us that you are what's called born again. What that means is you are born, your spirit within you is born of the kingdom of God, and God comes and dwells within you. Think about it. The creator of the universe, according to the scripture, when you find God, he is no longer out there or out somewhere in the universe, somewhere where it's kind of unreachable, no rather, or he's not even just beside you, he actually comes and dwells within you. So every single one of you, you have a deposit or there is a presence, there is the spirit of God in you which totally changes everything. See, you're no longer alone. You're no longer by yourself. You no longer need to be searching for God because he's in you. That's quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, God's in me. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you really? Do you really understand the significance of God dwelling in you? Amazing. That's why the scripture tells us You are the light of the world because the light of the world is living in you. You just got to let them out. You just got to shine. You just got to let it come out of you. But if you don't believe it, it'll never come out. In fact, if you don't understand or have a great revelation that God lives in you, you'll never understand what it is for his inner voice to speak to you. 
See, he speaks to us through the Bible. This morning I am hopeful that the Holy Spirit will use me to speak to you and, and challenge you. But my friends, there is actually a voice within you, if you know God, that actually is speaking to you. Quite profound. Can I have an amen? amen. And here's the thing. If he's in you, why did he come in you? Why didn't he just do it from afar? Why didn't he just say, hey, Terry, hey, Darren, you know, just kind of speak loud or whatever. Why did he decide to come live in you? I mean, I don't know if I want to want to live in some of you guys. That's harsh, Keith. Oh, we want to come and live in this body then. Why did God, the most amazing mind in the universe, make the decision to live in you? You need to ask yourself, because God is purposeful. God never does anything for no reason. He doesn't just say, oh, that might be an interesting idea. No, there is purpose behind God wanting to live in you. Because he doesn't want to be on the outside. He wants to be with you and live with you. And he wants to be able to speak to you from the inside. Quite amazing. How many people drive cars here? Cool. Some of you maybe not so cool. Give me just a joke. Give me some. Thanks, Amy. Even that was forced. I'll take it. You know the problem is that God. It's kind of like stepped into the car that you're driving. And he didn't step in the car that you're driving to sit in the back seat and do life just sitting back there going, oh my God, they're turning there or they're doing this or doing that. God did not come to dwell within you to be a passenger, friends. God came in to dwell with you, to participate with you in your life's journey. In fact, theoretically, he should really take over the steering wheel from us. But sadly, again, we can live life with God as a passenger. In fact, sometimes I wonder if we haven't put him in the boot. We've kind of relegated him. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, God, you live in me, but there's no understanding. There's no uh, relationship with this one. Uh, Rachel and I, had to drive back your caravan, Andrew, from uh, Cheshire. I'm driving. Rachel's there, and I'm thinking, well, are we going to sit and drive and just sort of... kind of thing. No. We talked. We communicated. I learnt more about her, and I'm a talker too, and so... Bleh. See, God is in the car. He's with you within to have relationship and communicate with you, to talk with you, to do the ride with you, to in fact give you some directions. You with me? Hallelujah. Can we please stand? Because I want to read this bit now. Every sermon I'm going to try to remember to get a stand out of respect for the Word of God. 
John 14, 22 through to 26. So this is super interesting. Jesus is about to go. He's like, man, I'm out of this place. He was about to go to the cross. He wrote this within the, the last few days, hours of when he was going to go. And he's instructing the lads about how to continue. Uh, John 14, 22 through to 26. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 24, he who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which uh, you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Uh, verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit from the Father, will, uh, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. And then John 16, 12 through to 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but, whoever he, but, who, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Have a seat. Super interesting. Note, confirms God coming, dwelling. Note, it says we, which is confirmation of some kind of triune God, the Trinity. It's not... uh, It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three are in this pact of coming and abiding and dwelling with you. But on behalf of the Father and on behalf of the Son, the Holy Spirit, as we read in Corinthians, the Spirit of God is going to come live in you. Oh, I've been waiting to preach at you for so long, Zoe. Oh. She wants to go back to Cobham. Now, note the beginning of the scripture. Judas, not Iscariot, he says, yeah, 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 Jesus, I hear you going. If you're going, how are you going to show yourself to us? How are you going to speak to us? How are we, we've been in a relationship with you. We've been doing this thing for three, three and a half years, and we've been listening to you, but you're going, so how are you going to do it in the future? And basically, he's trying to say, hey, Judas, we're going to live in you by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to keep manifesting myself to you. I'm going to keep speaking to you. I'm going to keep directing you. I'm going to keep showing you the wonder of why you're on the planet. But it's going to come from the voice of the Holy Spirit that is within you. Within you. Hallelujah. So here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is in you to speak to you to not be a passenger or someone we as Christians put in the boot. He is there with a purpose, with a divine reason, 
Because you were made with purpose, he is there to help instruct, to guide, to lead, to teach, to show you what it means, all truth from within. So again, interesting. Do you know that word truth? This is beyond my pay level, but I'm going to try to make you understand what it means. The word truth, what is really true? The facts of what is true and the reality historical of the past and of the future. And then it also said in this thing that I read, truth in relationship to the space-time continuum. Watch out, I'm getting tested. Dan, Dr. Dan. The space-time continuum. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) The space-time continuum. How many people know what the space-time continuum is? Karen knows. Not. I can tell you, it's your lucky day. So quantum physics is this kind of science, I don't know how long, it's kind of a new science that has uh, come out and it's kind of this whole new thing of where, you know, it's the space-time continuum as part of that. Space-time continuum basically means the length, the width, and the height of all space. Four four dimensions, that's three of them. The fourth dimension is time. So it's kind of saying uh, this thing about, so he's going to give you the truth. You're going to have an inner voice that's the Holy Spirit who's with you, who's living with you, who's going to bring you the truth that never changes, friends. That it is beyond all science, that it fills every space, that there is no space where that truth is not the truth. So whatever you, whatever you do, wherever you live, whatever your life is about, whatever trouble you come to, or whatever new science comes, truth will always be truth. You will always be given the truth by the inner voice that is within you, the Holy Spirit. I did that one all right. Give me a clap. Oh, maybe not so all right. You guys, I just like clapping. I just like people to clap me. It's kind of an ego thing. (laughs) No. So the Holy Spirit, the inner voice, comes to dwell in you, So there's an inner voice. You hear voices, friends. You are hearing an inner voice. But there are other inner voices within you and you need to go to a psychiatrist because you have too many voices speaking in your mind. You have multiple personalities. No, you don't. You have different types of nature within you. Characteristics. Your nature is made up of several aspects. Your nature is made up of the natural nature, which is, I'm hungry, give me something to eat kind of thing. It's the physical nature that's part of you. And that voice within you from your natural nature will say to you, hey, let's get matters or whatever. So you have an inner voice. Not just the Holy Spirit, but you have a natural voice. You also have a voice that is what the Bible calls the carnal nature or the sinful man who is not driven by the, that sense of you need Maccas, but he's driven by something else or her. Um, and he's driven by the selfish part of you. 
The person that wants to do it your way, the person that wants to win, the person that wants to, you know, it's the selfish nature which which the Bible describes as the sinful nature. So within you, you've got the Holy Spirit voice. So within you, you've also got the natural voice, the natural nature trying to speak. And then you've got this carnal side to you that has this voice that wants to lead you into following the flesh that the Bible says will eventually end in trouble and death. And that voice of the carnal nature has also a a strong connection with the powers of darkness or the devil who's able to speak inside you through your carnal nature. So, but then, when you become a Christian, is this getting there? When you become a Christian, you become born again. Your spirit is made alive and there becomes a spiritual person who lives within you who's also got a spiritual nature who also has a voice that speaks inside what the Bible calls your cardia, your inner man. So there's these voices going on within. And all those voices are competing to control your direction, your path, your choices. Hallelujah. The spirit man is the one within you that the Holy Spirit connects with. The Holy Spirit won't speak through your carnal nature, right? The Holy Spirit is the voice that your spirit nature will go, oh, that's the thing, that's the nature that helps you know what the voice of the Holy Spirit is. That's the one that kind of has learnt the language of the Spirit because you see the Holy Spirit speaks in a spirit of truth, speaks in a spirit from the mouth of God, and it's like learning a new language of the Spirit and only that spirit man can understand or interpret that language that the Holy Spirit speaks. Am I making sense? It's so important that you understand if you want to be a person that does not have the Holy Spirit as a passenger or someone who you even throw in the boot as that it's your spirit nature that discerns and feeds off the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit speaks inside and the spirit man, the born again person, is the one who hears and interprets and then hopefully has the control over your choices and your decision making. A lot of Christians don't understand, in my view, and even me, I probably know about this much this much compared to an ocean of what the possibilities are and about listening to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said a very profound thing in John chapter 10, verse 27, that I've read a thousand times and that you probably have as well. And then you should read the whole bit of what Jesus says here, but I'm just giving you a little bit because of time. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep, those that are mine, those that come out of the world, those that have made a decision to be under my uh, uh, shepherdship, hear my voice. And I 
know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. That word hear is the ability to hear an audible voice or sound. Think about it. My sheep have the ability to hear an audible voice within them that's me speaking to them. My sheep, not some sheep, not just the pastor, not just maybe those who might think we're more spiritual among ourselves or whatever. It says my sheep, all the sheep, whoever you are, if you are one of his friend, there is a voice going on within you that is speaking to you and you have the ability to hear it. Pretty cool. See, it's not that the voice is not going on inside of you because Jesus says that my sheep can hear an audible voice of me speaking to them or the Holy Spirit speaking to them from within. From within. Super interesting. I love how God uses life. Friday we're driving up to... um, Cheer something for the church camp, and we had to go to Specsavers because get some glasses. And also, they were going to give us a hearing test. So, you know, do the whole eye thing, and uh, it's time for my hearing test. And my wife, bless her heart, thinks I have big problems with hearing. She thinks, Keith, You've got to have some problems with hearing because I speak to you sometimes and you ain't listening. And I'm sure that because you used to be a builder that you've got industrial damage going on in your ears because you just don't hear me sometimes. I'm the only male that would have that issue. And so I go to get my hearing test thinking that the... uh, Tester is going to confirm my wife's diagnosis of having hearing problems. And um, we go into a room. They put muffs on. And they proceed to two different types of sound. I'll tell you the diagnosis at the end was, I've got really, really good hearing. I have got really good hearing, surprising for my age, and surprising that I spent so many years cutting wood with saws and making noise as a builder. And I thought, oh, this is going to get me into trouble with Pekka. (laughs) (laughs) Serious, serious. She comes out and she goes, oh, how was your hearing test? It was really good. (laughs) <laughs> she was like, you sure they did it right? <laughs> and it's kind of like, yep. Super interesting. That the scripture tells me that you and I have the ability, that we have supernatural ability in our hearing to hear an inner voice within us that is the Holy Spirit. That that voice, the Holy Spirit, has the ability to speak to us. But man, are we hearing 
Are we using the ability to hear what he's saying? I'll tell you a bit more about the story with Pekka. Like she's not here. In a minute. See, my friends, the key to you living a life of purpose, living out the amazing destiny that God has for you, the, the key to you being one that is not under whatever is going on and, and struck and, and living under, you know, the mental health illnesses and all those kinds of things that go on is to listen to an inner voice that is actually there. You don't have no, no issue with it not being there. The issue is, are you hearing or are you listening to it? Hallelujah. So I've given a few points, and I'll go back to the story about how to listen to the voice of God. This is not in its entirety, there's just a few things. Number one, you must understand, number one, if you don't get this, forget the rest. Number one, he dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is not somewhere in heaven. The Holy Spirit of God is not at the end of the universe. That God dwells in you. That the Spirit of God that breathed life on the earth and created our world lives in you. And he speaks to you. Number one, if you don't get that, you're not going to get the rest. You've got to, we have got to go through a transition or remind ourselves that God lives in me. That the Holy Spirit is living in me and he's speaking. Number one. Number two. You have to concentrate and listen. See, there's a lot of voices already going on inside of your head. There's the flesh. There's the natural man uh, trying to compete with speaking to you. And not only that, there's all the outside static of voices speaking. When I did the sound test, earmuffs on, but I could still hear outside of the room. Man, I got good hearing. <laughs> I could still hear all that static going on outside. And so they begin the test and I, I realized that I had to stop listening to the static or the directions outside for me to do really well at my sound test that in fact I needed to actually block them out and concentrate. So I began to, it's like my mind began to focus to listen to the sound because I knew it was coming. I knew they were going to send me some beeps and some frequencies and I had to just focus and listen to the frequencies and the sounds. I had to concentrate. And amazingly, beep, beep. See, you got to know that he's in you and that he's speaking. Number two, friend, you've got to concentrate. You've got to take some space to listen 
and block all the other stuff out. That's number three is, number one is what I said. Number two is um, concentrate. Number three is block distractions. Block distractions. Ever, um, now this is a real problem with pastors. Is, um, have you ever sort of been in dialogue with someone and you're talking and you're saying some stuff but they're just kind of like, they're just not there. They're just, they're just like, their mind is somewhere else and you know they're not listening. See, it might be that, you know, the person you're trying to talk to is distracted, like I said, from other things, but the other reason why is sometimes you can converse with people that they don't really want to hear what you've got to say. They really just want to say what they want to say. And they're just waiting for you to finish. They're just waiting for you to say what you're going to say and they're not really listening. And all they want to do is say what they want to say. And you cannot converse or have really good dialogue with someone like that. And see, that's why the next one, which I think is number four, is you've got to shut up, friend. If you want to hear the voice of God, if you want to be in dialogue with the Holy Spirit, if you want to, you've got to get those distractions out, but you've got to shut up. You've got to shut up. You know, if you're prayer to, oh, God, I'm not coming to this church again. I'm going back to the Caribbean. Sorry, mate. We've got to shut, our, shut up sometimes. Prayer is not, you just, and then off you go. Learning to listen to the voice. It's a little bit like me and Rachel in the car. I had to shut up and listen to what Rachel had to say. And that's a little bit like me and my marriage. I've got to shut up and concentrate. <laughs> And listen to what my wife's saying. <laughs> I know, Lib. I want to finish with this. Is um God wants to speak, man. He wants to speak. He wants to be in personal relationship with you and me. He wants to converse with us to the point where he would even come and live in our dirty old stinking houses. You know, you think about it, the most pure purity in the universe, the most amazing wonder would want to come and live in my dirty house. I'm the only one with a dirty house, maybe. But he wants to come and talk to me. And you know what I've found that God does? When I'm not listening, he will cause some stuff to happen because he wants to speak to me. My wife, going back to my darling wife, she knew really that I was zoning her out. And so she learned this particular skill that is annoying for me. Because, you know, she speaks at a particular pitch and level. And it's kind of like I just go, oh, oh. but I learned to get rid of that. You know, kind of just fade it out when I wasn't feeling it. 
Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> but you know what she did? Clever woman. She starts to do this. Keith. Keith. And I go, well, what? <laughs> so, you can, the kids have seen it. She says it to people. She says, watch this. Keith. When she knows, and there'll be people around. Keith. Blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, what? Yeah, uh, what? <laughs> so here's how cool God is. Friends, he will come another way. And if you don't even, if he just changes the volume or does whatever, if he comes and you don't listen, he will come another way that you're not going to enjoy. Because he wants to talk to you. Because he's not in you to be a passenger. He's in there to be with you so that he can help direct and lead you in the path that leads to life and life abundance. And he wants you to be part of the purposes of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. I just want to inspire us as a church. The cool thing about Sunday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, when we, we realized, you know, we had COVID, Andrew, lepers, um, I say that in humor. Um, I had to ring the speaker and say, dude, we got some COVID around. And so, you know, I had to make the call for him and say, dude, you can't come because he's, he's got a church himself and he can't catch COVID. And he was doing a wedding and so we, we had no speaker. And we're like, whoa, what are we going to do? You know? And hallelujah, Jesus, the Holy Spirit began to speak at our camp through many other people because those people were hearing his voice. And the camp was really all about the wonder of us together and God speaking through the Holy Spirit inside others, where they came and shared out of what God showed them. We had the most fantastic time. Sorry if you weren't there, you know, but, you know, it's all right. Okay? So I want to inspire you, friends. He's in you. He wants to talk. And what he says really matters. But you've got to play your part. You've got to get him out of the passenger seat. You've got to get him out of the boot if that's where you put him. Or maybe you don't even know he's in your car. And you have to play your part in listening and focusing and blocking out the distractions and listening to him. Father, I thank you for the truth. I thank you that you would bother to speak to us. That is the most amazing thing. How amazing. God, we ask, we come before you as a church and we say, please forgive us. Please forgive us for not listening the way we should. Father, let there be a new heart, a new desire from all of us to listen to you. In Jesus' name. You may never have had Jesus in your life. You may not know what it's talking about to have him as a born again experience, but I want to tell you this morning, whoever you are, he's speaking, he's talking to you, and he wants to live in your life. He wants to be part of your journey through life. But again, it's your choice, and he can come into your life simply by you asking him. So we're going to pray a prayer as a church again. Please follow me through this prayer. 
Everybody in the room, I encourage you to follow this prayer. Lord Jesus, you are the Lord of the universe. Come dwell in my life. Come live inside of me. Forgive me for all my flaws and faults. Wash me clean. Be the Lord of my life, Jesus. Amen.